Hey, it's Rupa. And it's spring. College kids are going back to campus after break. And that doesn't mean what it did when I was a college kid. Back then, college was where you figured yourself out. For the past two years, though, campuses have been at the front lines of the national battle over race, hate, and free speech. In 2016, civil rights complaints on campuses skyrocketed. There were bitter, sometimes violent protests when people like white nationalist Richard Spencer were invited to speak. Signs with the N-word were stuck on black kids' dorm room doors. Nooses were hung in trees. White supremacist flyers were posted on billboards. Some of those incidents made the news, but many didn't. And there was very little follow-up about what happened afterward, maybe because it's tough to get universities to talk about that. I know, because I've tried. Amid all of this, one professor in Florida changed the wonky name of his class about race relations to something more catchy, white racism. And what happened afterward reveals what the battle over words in America is really about. I'm Rupa Shanoi, and this is Otherhood. In the spectrum of bad things that happened on college campuses in 2016, what happened at Florida Gulf Coast University near Fort Myers wasn't that bad. But it was still really disturbing. Someone drew a hangman's noose on a whiteboard and next to it wrote, kill N-word. A teacher found it, took a picture, and sent it to the administration. And two weeks passed. Nothing happened. It made its way to me through the grapevine, and it hadn't been made public yet, and that was unacceptable. Ted Thornhill is an assistant professor in Florida Gulf Coast University's sociology department. When this happened, he'd been at the school for about a year. He put in a public records request for the police report. And I got it, and I shared it with my colleagues and with my students, and then it kind of snowballed from there. Students were angry administrators hadn't told them. The president said he'd do better, and it only took a week for him to make good on that promise because someone wrote Noose Tying 101 on a whiteboard in the library. The president emailed students to tell them police didn't have a suspect. All of this was happening, by the way, the same week Donald Trump was elected president. Thank you very much. I can only say that while the campaign is over, our work on this movement is now really just beginning. Over the next year, Trump's administration would do things like swap out the word integration for the word assimilation in federal grant programs. Researchers would start studying Trump's words, noted Harvard professor Michelle Lamont's team, put all of his speeches in a database and found he used certain terms to evoke a return to 1950s white society. My interpretation of what he's doing is not to say Americans should all be white. It's more like, as a community, there are some groups that are superior to others. And what he's defending is the superior position of whites within the national hierarchy. Back on the Florida Gulf Coast University campus in October 2017, the fall semester was waning and the holiday break was in sight. Flyers for new classes went up. 
a member of the campus Republicans, happened to see a flyer for a class called White Racism. And the description said it would, quote, examine the racist ideologies, laws, policies, and practices that have operated for hundreds of years to maintain white racial domination over those racialized as non-white, unquote. The guy listed as teaching the class was Ted Thornhill. He'd been teaching classes about race for years, but many universities resemble corporations these days, and the rules of capitalism apply. The classes that bring in the most students survive. It helps to have an attention-grabbing course title. I thought it was just such a benign title that the only thing that was surprising was that so many folks would uh, take issue with it. I mean, the term is redundant. Here's a little bit about Ted. He's from the county just above Miami, the same county where, this past Valentine's Day, 17 kids were killed in a school shooting and survivors became high-profile advocates for gun control. Back to Ted. People always thought he was Puerto Rican or Dominican, but his dad's black and his mom's white. And when he was growing up, his mom's family in New York disowned her. So he spent holidays and vacations with his black family. Then his parents split up, and Ted's living situation got unstable. He went in and out of runaway shelters and residential facilities. As Ted describes it, he had behavioral problems. I attended 12 public schools in about 11 and a half years before dropping out and getting my GED. Eventually, he got his act together with help from a lot of people and programs. He went to college, got his Ph.D., and started teaching full-time joining an academic world that's overwhelmingly white. Of all the people who hold full-time faculty positions in the U.S., less than a fourth are non-white. The Republican student who saw the flyer for Ted's white racism course took a picture of it and sent it to the board of the campus Republicans. That's when Treasurer Alex Pilkington saw it. The term white racism, it was kind of shocking to see a class named that. Like, initially seeing it, it felt like it was an intentional provocation to evoke a response out of the students on campus who are white. And yes, Alex Pilkington's white. He was born in Detroit, grew up in Naples, and went to Florida Gulf Coast University because it gave him a scholarship. He wasn't interested in politics until the 2016 election. I think it was the mania that was associated with it. I think it was very, it was almost intoxicating. Alex became a libertarian who hung out with Republicans because, as Alex will repeatedly point out, conservatives feel like they need to stick together on campuses nowadays. They decided not to say anything about the white racism class. They didn't want to draw attention to themselves, and they believe in free speech. But some members posted about it, and people on campus started to talk. By then, Shay Hall, a student from Fort Myers, was already signed up for the class. I didn't take it very seriously at first. The name white racism was a draw for her. It signaled the material wouldn't pull any punches. I just figured that, you know, they were going to be upset that it was going to stay within their own little circle of people. But then it showed up on the local news. A new class coming to FGCU, and it's raising a lot of eyebrows. Thanks for joining us. I'm Patrick Nolan. And I'm Amy Wegman. A class called White Racism will be offered... As everything got bigger and bigger, I mean... I don't know. I was just, I was really surprised. I definitely didn't think it would be so visceral and like intense of a reaction. In the self-contained universe of a college community, this was huge. Comments on social media were harsh. 
One student was caught on video putting up signs around campus that said, it's okay to be white. Campus Republicans chose Alex to be their sole voice to the media. He tried to moderate their message. We were definitely surprised, mainly because this is a school that's not well known. And to have our name attached to something like that, we were we were concerned. And I was trusted to give an opinion that wouldn't put us under the, for lack of a better word, burner. School administrators weighed in on Ted's side. They released a statement supporting him and surprising him. Typically, when controversy erupts over racial matters, they'll either A, throw the faculty member under the bus, or they'll release these weak, tepid statements that reaffirm their commitment to diversity and inclusion and tolerance. And and so, surprisingly, this president didn't do that. About a week later, there was a panel on race scheduled, and Ted Thornhill was on it. Shea thought people who'd been criticizing the white racism class might show up to protest, but it was anticlimactic. Some people were there wearing T-shirts that had, like, you know, things that were subtle that were against the class, but it was nothing really overt or direct. It's hard to argue against Professor Thornhill in person because he really comes backed up with a lot of empirical evidence. So the people who are getting that on social media don't always have, like, great responses to that sort of stuff. A lot of your arguments are based on straw man fallacies. Alex Pilkington was there, and after the panel, he walked up to Ted. Alex wanted to confront him. He had a friend videotaping. And he basically went over redlining and systemic oppression of black people through the drug war. And all I could think about is like, yeah, I I totally agree with everything you're saying. I just, I don't agree with the name. Instead of coming at it from the perspective of white man is evil, we come at it from the perspective of this is the government's doing. Alex told Ted he didn't understand why Ted needed to use a divisive name that places blame prominently on white people. Well, because when we speak about racism, we're talking about a structural system, one where whites exist in a dominant position in a society that's racially stratified that they and their European ancestors have developed over hundreds of years, and now we live with the legacies of that. And Alex says... He couldn't really say anything after that. Things died down for about two weeks. Then they went supernova. The show President Trump reportedly watches every morning and sometimes calls into, Fox and Friends, put a lens on tiny Florida Gulf Coast University. It was November 29th. All right, uh, 43 minutes after the hour now, campus craziness taken to a whole new level on your dime. That's right, a public university in Florida now offering a white racism course for the upcoming spring semester. But is this really what we want to teach our kids in school? All right, here to weigh in is campusreform.org media director uh, Cabot Phillips. First off, it's clear that it's starting from an incredibly biased standpoint. Sure. Of course there's racism throughout history. There's still racism in in America today. In but every culture and in every race. If this were a one-off thing just at Florida Gulf Coast, you could say it's just a one-off thing. Right, but it's right. an anomaly. It's not. Around the country, we covered at Leadership Institute's campus reform classes where professors are teaching white marble statues are now racist. Geometry right. is perpetuating white supremacy. It's everything these days. The reaction was immediate and overwhelming. Messages poured in to Ted Thornhill's email and voicemail. I listened to about an hour of them. And there were lots of calls from people who argued black people were racist, too, 
Lots of them said Ted was teaching students to be racist toward white people. Others told him to stop being a victim and complaining about something that happened 200 years ago. Those messages are pretty hard to listen to. I'll just play you one. Ted, uh, I'm a white person and I'm deeply offended just on the name. And it's people like you of color that's turning the coals. Like I have a bumper sticker on my car. My wife doesn't want me to put it there. My neighbors frown. Some neighbors pat me on the back. It says, wake up, white people. The time has come. File for your permit and buy your gun. Let me tell you something, Ted. I would love to see you watch your loved ones suffer long and die slow, you dick bastard. When I asked Ted how he felt when he got those messages, how he lived with threats like that, he responds in a way I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone respond in before. Ted basically shrugs. I'm a person of faith, and so I feel fairly safe. I think most of these folks are cowards, and I'm just teaching a course. Ted sends the threats to campus security. He says his wife supports him, and he talks to his 8-year-old daughter about what he teaches, and he tells her some people don't like it. He says she's resilient, and she's been taking martial arts for three years. So Ted's just not that scared of the physical threats or of somehow losing his job if the administration decides all this attention is just too much. Because there's too many six-figure folks of color who are unwilling, I think, to have these kinds of conversations in an unvarnished manner because they're worried about maintaining their material position. And I don't think you can have it both ways sometimes in order to push forward with the struggle. The class went ahead as scheduled. On the first day, January 8th of this year, the university assigned security guards to stand outside Ted's room in case something happened. Nothing did, apart from a scrum of reporters. Something that, you know, did happen that kind of made me worried on the second day of classes was a white male came into the class late. This is one of the students there that day, Hannah Seitz Pereira. And he was kind of out of breath and, you know, he just sat in the back and sat down and then we were going through just what we were doing for that day and we were having discussion and he wanted to answer a question and Professor Thornhill was just trying to learn everyone's names and things like that. So he looked him up on attendance and he wasn't on there. So then the guy said that he had enrolled in the class late and that he just recently registered. That's why he's not on there. So then Dr. Thornhill checked on his account and he wasn't there. So everyone was kind of like looking around like, what you know why was he there and he was like still sitting there and professor thornhill asked him to leave and he got up like all mad and everything and he was like well i'm gonna go have to have a talk is what he said but again nothing happened except that the students were freaked out hannah says they've all kind of had that in the back of their minds since then it's all just kind of been a little scary but i just feel like it shouldn't be it should be some you know it's just a normal class a normal class and a popular one because Ted's title worked. It brought in a full class of students, nearly 50, most of them students of color, even though most of Florida Gulf Coast University's roughly 15,000 grad and undergrad students are white. One of our first assignments was actually like doing little skits to get more comfortable calling out racism and racist like things that people will say every day that are 
racist. That was a lesson Shay Hall didn't realize she needed. Being mixed, I was sort of raised white and I didn't really feel as much of a need to express my opinions on racism until I, I don't know, until I was in like my senior year of high school. Like there were not many black people in my high school. It was a private high school full of, you know, upper middle class white people. And they got away with like saying the N-word and just being really racially insensitive. And I just didn't say anything because I didn't know how to say what I wanted to say. But after a few weeks of class, Shay was different. She was calling people out when she heard racist things. And she felt okay doing it. <laughs> this is going to sound horrible, but because like, you know, I'm, I, I'm smart and I know what I'm talking about. Her family supports her newfound confidence and strength. The only time I got any like weird direct reaction was when I brought it up to my grandparents who are white and they live in Massachusetts and they were kind of just like silenced and stunned a little bit. They were like, oh, you're taking that class? Because <laughs> I think they told me they heard it on the news and I was like, yeah, I'm in that one. And they were just like, oh, oh. <laughs> she didn't press it. Hannah Seitz Pereira is one of a handful of white kids in the class. She says white people react like that because they take the class name white racism personally. But she says Ted's class doesn't deal with individuals. It's about systems put in place long ago that still have repercussions today. And Hannah says many white people never learned that history. I think it's to lack of education in K through 12 education, just because we don't learn the full history here in the States. I wish more white people were taking the course. <laughs> Hannah got interested in activism a few years ago, after the national high-profile string of police shootings of black men. The white racism class is already changing the way she's thinking about herself. The most important thing with that and how I'm seeing myself differently is, like, I felt like I wanted to make all these changes and things, but I think it's really just understanding that white people have been, you know, kind of in the front seat for so long they just have to take a back seat and just let people of color do what they think is best for their communities and not getting in their way or not doing things that aren't okay with them because it's not about white people. We just passed the midway point in the first semester of the white racism class. Florida Gulf Coast University's brief time in the spotlight has faded. Reporters don't come to campus anymore. It's been a hard time for Alex Pilkington, the campus Republican treasurer. He was actually going to take Ted's class, but says he couldn't because he's an accounting major. Alex says some people stopped talking to him because of what he said about the white racism class. That hurts, especially because he's already separated from his family. He says they stopped talking to him when he came out as gay. I think I've been kind of uh, short-sighted when I was criticizing the class, thinking it only from my perspective. He says his thinking has evolved. He never considered what students of color could get out of the white racism class. And I do think that's why I lost a couple of friends because, like, I'm white. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. And Alex gives Ted Thornhill and his white racism class credit. He says the whole episode has sparked discussion on campus about deep-seated issues that had never been directly addressed before. Alex says student Republicans and Democrats have been meeting regularly. There's more of a feeling of unity, maybe because of the spirit of national activism the nearby Parkland students have inspired. 
despite all that, Alex's opinion of the name of Ted's class hasn't changed. He's still bothered by the words white racism. I do feel strongly about identity politics, and so I was sort of, I needed to say something. So maybe that's what Florida Gulf Coast University shows us about the national battle over words. Maybe it comes down to just that, words, not even the ideas they represent. Because Alex agrees with Ted about the existence of historical and current racism. He just doesn't like elevating the words white racism to the name of a class. And Ted says that's because people of color haven't used those words. They've censored themselves, for many, out of fear. Fear that the people who left those voicemail for Ted were trying to perpetuate. And so I think we basically need a more candid discussion. And they can't be predicated, that is, these conversations on race and racism, they can't be predicated on white people's comfort. They need to be done on folks of color's terms. And that means in an unvarnished, candid, in-your-face kind of way that's truthful. And Ted says he knows that can be tough because he's been called out for sexist comments. But I didn't get defensive. I learned. I shut up. My bad. If we ever get to that point, Ted says white people and people of color might stop having separate conversations. And there might be one national conversation. And maybe that'll be uncomfortable. But Ted says it'll probably be more productive. Until then, he'll have the conversation in his classroom. Fifty kids in a class learning how to speak their truth without fear may not seem like much compared to the President of the United States speaking a very different truth to the nation. But there may be students like those at Florida Gulf Coast University at other universities across the country. Maybe right now, a whole generation of college students is learning to talk about race in a different way. Just like a whole generation of high school students is learning to talk about guns in a different way. A direct way. And there's no telling who these kids will become. As always, I want to know what you think. You can tweet me or message Otherhood on Facebook. For now, thanks for listening. I'm Rupa Shanoi, and this has been Otherhood from PRI. PRI.